Hey, welcome into Positive Light, where we're trying to put a positive influence into this world, and we definitely need that today. My name is Bob Miles. So today's subject is going to be on love, and the dictionary states, the definition of love is an intense feeling of deep affection and a greater interest and pleasure in something. So what does the Bible say about God's love? God's love is the only love that never falters and never fails. Take comfort in your faith and knows that God truly loves you, now and forever. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So here's what Billy Graham says on the love of God. I want to consider a passage of scripture that many people know and can say by heart, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This passage says, For God. Have you ever sat down and just thought about who God is? You can't prove God in a test tube. You can't prove God in a laboratory. You cannot put God on a computer screen. But that doesn't mean that he's not real. The Bible teaches that he's the creator. That he created the whole universe. The universe is so vast and so big, it is beyond the human mind to comprehend it. The Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1.1. He made it all. The Bible said God is speaking and God is saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Whoever you are, whatever your circumstances, I love you. And because God is love, there's hope tonight in our hearts. So, I'd like to read you a letter from God to you. My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I am familiar with your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me you live and move and have your being. For you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you even before I planned creation. You were not a mistake. All your days are written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider, and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope, because I love you with an everlasting love. My thoughts towards you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul. I want to show you great and marvelous things. 
If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me, and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the Father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are brokenhearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, I have carried you close to my heart. One day I will wipe away every tear from your eyes, and I'll take away all the pain you have suffered on this earth. I am your Father, and I love you, even as I love my Son Jesus. He is the exact representation of my being. He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to let you know that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I give up everything I love so that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son, Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and although the biggest party heaven has ever seen, I've always been your father, and I always will be your father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love, your dad, almighty God. This letter is written not only to the unbelievers, but to the believers. How much time are you spending with your father? So Rick Warren states, we need to love others the way God loves you. Love never stops being patient, never stops believing, never stops hoping, never gives up out of 1 Corinthians 13.7. We'll be stating that scripture later also. So the same love that God gives to you, He wants you to offer everybody else that you come in contact with. It's not an option or a suggestion. It's a command from Jesus Himself. Now I am giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. John 13:34. If you are a follower of Christ, you must love everybody, whether you like them or not. In the same way that Christ loves you, that means you are to accept them completely, love them unconditionally, forgive them totally, and consider them extremely valuable. Loving others in this way will transform your relationships. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13:7, love never stops being patient, never stops believing, never stops hoping, and never gives up. This is how God loves you. God never stops being patient with you. God never stops believing in you. God never stops hoping in the best in your life. God never gives up on you. And that's what God wants you to do with everybody else. Love never stops being patient. That means love extends grace. You need to offer grace to others. Love never stops believing. That means it expresses faith. You tell someone, even though we're having a tough time, I will never stop believing in you. Love never stops hoping. That means love expects the best. Are you expecting the best in your marriage? Or have you settled for less than the best? Love never gives up. That means love endures the worst. It means you can look at the other person and say, you can throw everything at me, 
but I'm going to keep loving you no matter what. So the real important passage on love is, is 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm going to go ahead and read that to you now. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So next, I'd like to play you a song called Your Love is Life by Eileen Walker, who's part of the Tommy Walker Ministries. You can catch them on YouTube and subscribe to their channel. You can also catch them at TommyWalkerMinistries.org. And here's the song, Your Love is Life. Your love brings hope and grace to me. Your love, your never-ending love. Cause it's pure and kind and powerful. It heals, restores and covers me. Your love, your never-ending Surrounds me and protects 
So what a beautiful song that was. And my favorite part of that song, it says, It conquers all, sets me free, breaks the power of the enemy. It can cancels all of my sin and shame. Your love is flooding now my soul with joy, filling now my heart with hope. It is my rock, my anchor, and my home. So there are seven ways that God loves you. One, God loves us with an atoning love. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into this world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him, in John 3.16. And I know we stated that earlier, but it's important to hear again. God's love for us is with what motivated Him to send Christ into this world to save us. Christ paid for our sins, which had separated us from Him. The sacrifice not only brings us peace with God, it also brings us into a personal, loving relationship with Him, out of Romans 5, 1-5. So God's atoning love through Christ is the source of all our spiritual blessings. So number two, God loves us with a calling love. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, for people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into this wonderful light. In 1 Peter 2.9 Another way God shows his love for us is by calling us out of the darkness of sin and into the light of fellowship with him. Even more, because God has called us to himself, he promised to protect that relationship out of John 10.28 And never leave or forsake us out of Hebrews 13.5 and 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 25. So God's calling love is a promise to always be with us. And number three, God loved us with redeeming love. God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own son into the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, out of Romans 8, 3 and 4. Because of our sinful nature, we have no power to fulfill God's law. But God's love is shown through Christ, who redeemed or paid the price we owed for our rebellion, out of Galatians 3, 13. God's redeeming love frees us from guilt and fear. Number four, God loves us with justifying love. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. 
who God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith out of Romans 3, 23-25. God's love is shown by justifying us or declaring us innocent by grace through faith in Christ. Christ is treated as if he were the sinner and the sinner is treated as if he were the righteous one. God now sees us through Christ's righteousness instead of through our sin. God's justifying love allows us to stand accepted before him. And number five, God loves us with an adopting love. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, out of Romans 8.15. God shows his love for us by not only forgiving us of our sins, but by going even further and bringing us into his family. He has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints, out of Colossians 1.12. This inheritance includes salvation, strength, hope, peace, comfort, providence, fellowship, and so much more. God's adopting love allows us to call him Father. And number six, God loves us with sanctifying love. We have been sanctified through the offerings of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all, Hebrews 10.10. Still another way God also shows his love is by sanctifying or setting us apart. For his purpose, we are sanctified in two ways, positionally and progressively. We are sanctified positionally when we come to Christ. In the Old Testament, the priests would continually make sacrifices because they never permanently paid for sin. But Christ offered himself as the perfect sacrifice and has paid for our sins once and for all. So we've sanctified or set apart to obtain salvation through Christ. So we are also sanctified progressively. Throughout our Christian lives, progressive sanctification isn't about our salvation. We're saved by grace and not by works out of Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's about how we live after we've been saved. Progressive sanctification is the process of dying to sin and living for Christ by becoming more like Him. It's about producing the fruits of the Spirit as opposed to producing the fruits of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19-23 God's sanctifying love sets us apart for His special plans. And number seven, God loves us with glorifying love. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. In 1 John 3, 1 and 2. Finally, God shows his love by glorifying us. Throughout our lives, we'll wrestle with sin, but we're promised that the good work God began in us will be completed. Philippians 1, 6. When we go to be with the Lord, our sinful nature will be left behind and will like Him and with Him forever. God's glorifying love is the ultimate destination for us who believe. So I'd like to share with you what's going on with me. God's got my attention. You know, physically I'm having some issues, some major issues. Shoulder to left arm, back, have some ulcers, left foot problems. I'm being hit mentally, uh, I'm not doing good on my food program that I'm trying to do, my workout routine's been hindered because of the injuries that I'm experiencing, I'm just not doing good being with my, my father. 
You know, spiritually different stresses at work now caused by the situation we're in and some by me. Thoughts that I shouldn't be thinking about. Fear in general. So what was I trying to do? I was trying to take care of this all myself without including my God in this. And doing that made everything worse for me. So what do I do to, need to do now? So I need to pray. I need to pray and more praying. And I need to turn a lot of things over to God. And I need to believe in Psalm 91 with all my heart, which is one of my favorite scriptures. And it says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High and rest the shadow of the Almighty, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the follower's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, The Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves you, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So I need to spend more time with him. When thoughts that shouldn't be there come in, I need to turn over to him for help. Turn everything over to him for his help and strength and love. See, I can't survive without Him. But most of all, where I have been lacking is letting the Father's love pour over me. What will that do? Well, it puts you in a state of peace about your situations. You don't worry or have fear because you know He is in control. Like Psalm 14:16 says it all. Because He loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue Him. I will protect Him for He acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So he also said to me, Do not fear, I am with you. Even though you have sinned, I have sent my son down to die for those sins. I love you and always will love you. I will do what I have promised I will do. You need to believe that I will do this for you, Bobby. And I believe he will do this for me. So I read this devotional a little bit ago. It was called Unconditional Love. And it says, Oh, teach us to live wisely and well, out of Psalms 90:12. If you want to love the way Jesus loved, if you want your life to be characterized by love in a way that reflects the heart of God to everyone you meet, 
then pay attention to how you respond to people who make you uncomfortable. You know the ones that are different from you in significant ways? The ones you don't like, don't understand, and don't enjoy? The people who hold different beliefs, practice different lifestyles, and hold distinctly different priorities from your own? As painful as relationships can sometimes be, we are relational beings, created in God's image to belong, to serve, to worship, and to live in community. We're called to be His hands and feet, and God often touches our lives through those around us. Relationships are the lifeblood of the church. While there are many different dimensions to Christian love, I believe the ability to love unconditionally is the one that most characterizes the spacious, abundant life we have in Christ. I suspect this willingness to love others unconditionally and its regular practice are significantly missing from many believers' lives. We say we want to love others just as God loves us, but too often we end up choosing comfort and convenience over compassion. Because of His unconditional love for all people, we often find God in the midst of places and situations where we least expect Him. On the street corners and in the alleyways, in hospitals and prisons, orphanages and courtrooms. Yet the love required to love those who are different from us will always be supernatural. What frames the tone of your life? How often do you stretch beyond your comfort zone to reach out to people with whom you disagree? The ability to enjoy a big, spacious, open-hearted life is directly proportional to your ability to love everyone, especially those who are different from you. Remember, everywhere you find people, you will also find God. Be challenged today to live outside of yourself. Stop and give time to people you may not normally associate with. Be aware of your surroundings and of people who may need the love of Christ lavished on them today. Through you, be willing to be the vessel used by God, not just towards people whom you love and agree with, but to people whom you may find difficult or disagree with. Ask God to give you wisdom and strength to be Christ-like to each and every person you encounter. So, the way this world is now, that might be a little tough to make personal contact with someone. But pray to God and let Him show you how you can love someone, and how you can reach out and help someone. So, that kind of brings us to a closing. It's a rough life out there, especially what's going on in this world. Just make sure we love each other. And my closing prayer is always going to be that God blesses the journey you're on with Him, and that you embrace the path that He has put you on. Remember, you can... Catch me on Positive Light Podcast at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Catch the medical stuff with Mark and Chris. It's pretty good right now because they're talking a lot about the COVID-19 virus and what we can do. And you can catch them and the Positive Light anywhere you download your podcast for free. Next week's episode is going to be on faith. Let's all have a good week out there. Stay safe. Stay at home, and we'll see you all next week.